Welcome back to the Word on Fire show. I'm Brandon Vaught, the host and the content director here at Word on Fire Catholic Ministries. Joining me is Bishop Robert Barron. And I, I know, Bishop, a couple episodes ago, you said we need to cool it on the on the hey greetings, like, hey, Bishop. Yeah. No, I, <laughs> I never thought of that until this person said, hey, that's, tr-. I just said it there. Why this trendy use of hey? And I thought, trendy. I guess it's trendy. Uh, yeah, so I won't say hey anymore. I'll just say, hello, Brandon. I'll bow, I'll bow and, and <laughs> yeah. formally greet you as your excellency. Hey, before we begin here, hey, I, I, hey yeah. <laughs> hey, before we begin here, I like to ask this every now and then. I don't think I've asked you in a while, but what, what books are you reading? I know a lot of people love to hear any good things you're reading right now. Well, I don't know if I qualify as good. I am reading that book uh, about uh, the Vatican and homosexuality and all this. Uh, it just came out a short time ago. And uh not that I'm savoring it, and I don't think it's a very good book, but I am reading it because I feel it's important uh, to get through. Um, let's see, what else am I reading uh, more more technically? I'm reading the Churchill biography more for fun. You know, this wonderful thousand-page uh, new biography of Winston Churchill. Uh, what am I reading theologically? There's, oh, I know, I know. It's this new study of um, of Carl Wojtyla's uh, personalism and the study of um, of the acting person, his book. So I just started that. And then I just ordered, you got it for me, uh, the Eleanor Stump's new book on atonement. So that's coming soon. So those are some of the things I'm working at. Well, this episode, we're going to devote to the future of the Word on Fire show, this show, the podcast. Ah, Um, What originally began as just an audio podcast now kind of has morphed into both audio and video. But I want to go all the way back first to the early days of, of Word on Fire. I'm talking 10, 15 years ago. One of the first things that you sought out to do was to get your homilies on the radio. Share that story with us. That's how it really started is I, you know, kind of reached for the old tech, I suppose. I I thought, you know, we should do something with media and try to get this out more broadly. And so I went to um, WGN Radio, which is a big radio station in Chicago. And I just asked them, they didn't know who I was and and I had no connection with them. I just said, what would it cost to to have a, a radio or a, a homily program on WGN. And they said, well, the only time available is 5.15 on Sunday morning, and it would cost you $50,000 for the year. So that's that's what I found out. And uh, it didn't sound real promising. Whenever I mentioned it, people would just laugh, you know, who's up at 5.15 on Sunday morning. But I went to the parish and I asked for the money and the people gave it to me. So that's how we started. And uh, that went on for uh, several years with WGN. Same time, I remember the Lutheran hour was after me, and I I said, hey, any way I could get, you know, the the slot at six a.m. No, no, that's a Lutheran hour, <laughs> and I guess they had a corner on that. So I then expanded to Relevant Radio, which is a you know Catholic radio network. Uh, so we we stopped WGN after maybe it's three or four years, but that's how I got going. You know, we still get emails from people who said, oh, I was there right at the beginning. I was listening to those homilies on the radio, but. As soon as this whole podcasting revolution came along, it really highlighted the deficiency in some ways of the radio outreach yeah. because it requires somebody to be at a specific place yeah. at a specific time, right? Yeah. And I always go back to you know, Fulton Sheen. Now, the advantage of Fulton Sheen was there only were a handful of TV networks available. So if you got on one of those, you had a big audience. But sure, he had to, he had to rely on the fact that people at a particular time could tune into the radio or then the television. But now with the explosion and of, of new media, which I think is a providential uh, gift, uh, just as the printing press was, you know, that revolutionized uh, communication technology. So this is, and I, I think it's a gift from Providence and we should use it that way. 
that now you do a podcast like this one and anyone, anytime they want to, while they're working out, while they're driving, while they're, uh, you know, watching the kids or whatever, they can, they can listen to it. And um, that opens up enormous possibilities for the gospel. So I, I love that. And then, of course, all the YouTube business. Uh, when that we, we were right on the ground floor. I'll say that about YouTube because I had just heard about it. I believe it was 2006 YouTube started and we were by 2007, we were doing videos. And so um, I just right away saw the potential of that as enormous. You were one of the pioneers on, on many of these platforms. So, you know, you're on YouTube pretty early, Facebook and Instagram, email websites, all of those platforms, you built a pretty large following pretty quickly. But I remember uh, after I came on board, maybe five, six years ago, podcasting seemed to me like the obvious thing that we hadn't get started with. Do, do you remember when we first started talking about it? What were your early impressions of podcasting? Had you heard of it? Did you know what it was? I don't think I knew what it was. So all the things you mentioned, you know, I, I always kind of smile when I'm described as a pioneer in these areas. I mean, I guess I I understood once people explained them to me, oh yeah, that's a good thing to do. But not like I was le- leading the way. I, I barely knew what these things were. And then people would say, hey, this might be a good you know avenue. So podcasting was like that. I didn't know what a podcast was. I didn't know what a website was when we first got going years and years ago. And someone said, why don't we get a website for the homilies? And I, I said, well, I don't know. What is, what is that exactly, a website? Because <laughs> remember, this is when the web was just getting going, in the late 90s, right? It, it was just, when did the internet sort of, what's the formal beginning date for the internet? What do they, yeah, what do they I mean, say? I, th- I think mid 90s or something. It has its roots like in the 70s and 80s, right, but, but it, it took off individually among normal people like in the, the 90s. 90s, yeah. right? So we're talking sure. maybe 1990 six or seven and and i said oh gosh okay website i guess you know and then um i remember being thrilled when we had a few hundred people listening or watching i said hey that's pretty good we got a 200 people so at each stage i had people like you who understood these possibilities and i guess if if i contributed it was simply to say like okay let's try that um but i do think it's a time uh for healthy experimentation that the church ought to be in these worlds with all their negativity. I mean, believe me, everyone and his brother and sister remind me all the time of, you know, how bad the social media world is and and, uh, how many terrible things are on it, which I completely get just as there are terrible things in movies, terrible things on television, terrible things are said over telephones. It doesn't mean we we repudiate these technologies. Rather, we try to, to sanctify them. I remember very colorfully when we first recorded the very first episode because it was the day after yeah. you were consecrated a bishop. Yeah. So you were made bishop in the Our Lady of the Angels Cathedral there in Los Angeles. And the next day, we were in your little room there, and we sat down with a couple of microphones. Mm-hmm. The topic we picked was, what was Pope it? Francis. It was okay. Pope Francis and his four American heroes. Remember, oh, it was right sure. after yeah. Pope Francis had come yeah. to America. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I remember even even me, who had researched the whole podcasting world pretty extensively, I, I just I wasn't sure if this thing was really going to work or take off or if the quality was good enough. But man, uh, here's some of the stats here over the last three and a half years. So that was back in this, it, it aired finally in December of 2015. So just about three years ago. Since then, we have 170 episodes. Which it's amazing to me. This, yeah. it's, this strikes me that if each episode is about half an hour, that means you and I have talked for like 85 hours. Oh, that, that statistic of stuff. It, it confounds me. It amazes me to think that we've had that many conversations, 170 
Unbelievable. These episodes have been downloaded over 6 million times, mm -hmm. 6 million downloads of these episodes, which I think is faster growth than we saw on YouTube, Facebook, yeah. any of these other platforms. The podcasting world is just exploding. Um, the show now airs on several radio stations. When it debuted, it was the number three religion and spirituality podcast on all of iTunes. Oh. Um, right now, it's kind of hovering around either the number one or the number two Catholic podcast in the world right now. Um, is that right? Just a, I didn't another, realize. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, there's there's a, a growing number of Catholic podcasts, which on a side note, I'm very happy to see that there's a lot of other Catholics taking advantage of this medium. Um, we're getting about 40,000 audio downloads per episode and another 30 to 40,000 video views per episode. So about 80,000 people are watching these conversations, which I think I've reminded you a couple of times. It's like a Billy Graham mm -hmm. crusade every single week. Yeah. I mean, j just to think about how excited Fulton Sheen or Billy Graham would have been uh, to have this to, kind of to do something like this. No, absolutely. And then say, say something about this, Bishop. I know whenever you travel the country to different conferences or events, you always come back telling me, you know, I heard from so many people who say the daily gospel yep. reflections that they get via email and then the podcast yeah. that that's what everyone's talking about. Those are about. the two. And, uh, you know, people still talk about the sermons and, 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 uh, you know, YouTube videos, but yeah, those two things, the daily gospel which is very simple. It's uh, someone on our team finds a passage from a sermon I've given on that given uh, gospel. Um, some people wonder, am I up at two in the morning, you know, writing these things every day? And I say, well, no, they are my words indeed. Uh, no one's writing them for me, but uh, they're culled from homilies I've given over the years. But people love the daily thing, even though like I'll read it sometimes and think like, yeah, okay, it's kind of a simple you know, idea, but okay, it's helpful to people. And then the second thing is the podcast. And that has convinced me, um, even independent of any objective uh, data you might give me, uh, that convinces me of how important it is. And, you know, I think, Brandon, it's a very user-friendly, uh, it's, it's a conversational form. So you and I are talking and people are just kind of listening in, like they have a cup of coffee and they're listening in. Uh, that's less threatening maybe than, you know, a formal sermon or I'm giving a lecture on something. Um, I think that the chatty conversational quality is a is a allure, you know. Well, one of the things we're looking at for the Word on Fire show is to expand it to both enhance the quality of it and to get it in front of more people. And to do that, we'd like to ask you who are listening to this to join us as patrons. Um, you may have heard through other podcasts or video shows the, about the website Patreon, which is a, a way that listeners and supporters of creative projects can come and and join forces. And we've recently opened up a new Patreon account for this podcast. You can find it at wordonfireshow.com slash patron. So if you've enjoyed the show over the years, if you've liked listening to our topics on faith and culture, theology, philosophy, signal your support by joining us, whether it's just five bucks a month, 10 bucks a month, however much you can give. Uh, we'd love for you to join us on this mission to evangelize the culture. Uh, Bishop, one thing I wanted to emphasize, because I've talked to a lot of people who say, man, I'm so glad uh, to see all the things Word on Fire is doing, especially at how the church is supporting <laughs> Word on Fire by giving them all these resources to film these documentaries and produce these podcasts. But from its very inception, you sort of set up Word on Fire as an independent apostolate. You're not attached to a particular diocese. You don't get money from the church. Uh, that's not how the ministry is structured. Why'd you do well, it that way? Let me say this too, Brandon, at the outset. 
is I don't mean that at all rancorously, as though I'm, a, I'm at odds, you know, with with the church. When this thing started, we're on fire. The church was just entering into this very dark period that we're still in of the sex abuse scandals and all that. So I understood that you know the church or dioceses had enormous financial uh, obligations and responsibilities. They weren't likely to say, "Oh yeah, here's let me give you several million dollars to get this thing launched." So I understand that I, I'm not rancorous about it at all. But also, it was Cardinal George who was our great mentor and who was the grandfather of Word on Fire. He told me right from the beginning. He said, "Don't, don't get it caught up in the structures of the archdiocese." And again, he's the Archbishop of Chicago. He wasn't against the archdiocese, but he felt it was better for us if we were institutionally and financially independent. And so I've always taken that as my point of departure. And it's true. The church has never given Word on Fire a penny from the beginning, not, not a penny. All of our support has come from um, lay people, from the good people of God. I go back to the early days of, you know, the uh, website and all that. It was people at Sacred Heart Parish in Hubbard Woods, Illinois, that gave me the money for that. The Catholicism series, uh, which we needed a lot of money to do because I wanted to do it at a high level, which I think everybody appreciates. But uh, I explained to do that, we need lots of money. That all came from lay people. That all came from the faithful. I, I went... First in Chicago, where I was based, but then I went all over the country, went to Boston, San Francisco, went to Texas, Florida. And I just, I was like a little Franciscan, just begging for money, you know? And um, I just had my begging bowl out and said, I, I need money to make this happen. And I used to say, you know, your parents and grandparents gave money for the great Catholic institutions and thank God for them. But people aren't coming to those anymore. Increasingly, they're, they're walking away from our institutions. So if we have to, we want to get them, we need film, TV, radio, podcast, social media, YouTube, everything else. So I said, this Catholicism series I envisioned as a way to reach out. Well, you know, thank God they got it. I think they understood that and they gave the money I needed. Uh, and it's gone from there. Now, we've also relied on product sales. So we sell, you know, our videos and books and so on. Um not so that I can buy houses. I don't have a house, except the one the church has given me here. Um, but so we can keep the ministry going. It's to, it's to keep this alive. And as you say, quite rightly, um, we love the new media, but the new media are expensive. They just are. It's just the way it goes. Uh, so we've relied on, um, on the people of God. And I've, I like that. I'm very happy about that, that it's a collaborative ministry of um, clergy and lay people. The fact, too, that Word on Fire is mostly lay people, right? People like yourself. Uh, Father Steve and I are the, the priests involved, but it's it's all lay people. And it's lay people that have supported it from the beginning. So grateful for that. Yeah, I want to emphasize Word on Fire is a 501c3 nonprofit ministry. We're not trying to make money so that we can pad our pockets. We get no money from the institutional church, no money from any other ministries. We don't even run ads on our websites, our videos, our blogs. We don't sell access to our email lists or anything. The only way we're able to do what we're able to do is because people who like our work support us. That happened with the Catholicism yeah. series. And again, we're, we're hoping you can help us here with this Word on Fire show. This podcast is free. It will always be free. We'll never charge for it. But as Bishop said, it does require time and money to produce it. We have designers, 
editors, video and audio producers. We use high-end microphone equipment and lighting. Um, so we've invested a lot of money into this to bring it to you so that it can be free. Um, so if you'd like to help us support this and get it out to more people, again, uh, go to wordonfireshow.com slash patron and become a patron of the show. Bishop, I wanted to talk a little bit about that patronage model, not necessarily with this website, but the whole idea of a bunch of individual Catholics or the church patronizing a creative artist or, or you know, uh, some sort of project or initiative. That seems to be the model of, say, the Renaissance, where it was only through the patronage of Catholics that people like Michelangelo and Raphael were able to create their works of art. Is that sure, the case? Still true today, isn't it? And uh, I, it's a Vatican II vision too, isn't it? It's the collaboration uh, model. Um, we as a church have to do this together. I know a lot of Catholic faithful are really, really concerned, as I am, about the nuns, right? The N-O-N-E-S. They're really concerned about, especially young people leaving the church. This is a way you can you can help. A very concrete way you can help is to help us do this kind of outreach. Uh, you know this, Brandon, even better than I do. The number of, uh, of young people that respond to the videos, the podcasts, the films, the books, et cetera, and they, they're, they're brought back to the church because of them. Um, that's why we do it. Whenever you send me one of those, and once in a while you'll send me a especially uh, you know, moving uh, testimony, it just, it makes my day. I mean, that's why we do what we do, period. That's the whole purpose of it. And it's the collaboration of the, the good people of God that make that possible. If you wonder, like, you know, what can I do? What can I do? That is something you can do, is, is help us do the work that reaches out to uh, especially young people. Yeah, and I, I want to be very clear here. We're not asking you to donate $100,000 or a million dollars. If you can, we'd love to hear from you. <laughs> we wouldn't you. refuse it. <laughs> but... <laughs> Sure. But this patronage model is based on the idea that if you have a podcast with 40,000 listeners, if even only a small percentage gave five bucks a month or 10 bucks a month, we could do a lot of really amazing things. And as a follower of GK Chesterton, it also strikes me that this is sort of his model and Pope Leo XIII's model of distributism, where you have a lot of small individual people funding a lot of small projects that they like rather than just you know, big people funding big centralized networks of production. I, I kind of like that about this podcast, that it's sort of independently produced. It's on niche topics. Uh, and we've got our own small following of passionate fans. You know, if we get a little bit of funding, Brandon, the first thing you do is buy me a new chair in this room. The chair <laughs> I'm in, I'm in a, this is a room in my house here in Santa Barbara. And uh, this chair, I think, was built in 1974, is my guess. Every time I move, it makes these funny noises. So I say the first thing we'll do is can we buy a new chair for this room? First yeah. $20 <laughs> that somebody donates will go to getting Bishop Aaron a better a new chair, chair for this room. Yeah, I'd like that. <laughs> a better chair. But actually, on that note, let me let me get a little more specific and tell you what we're hoping to do with this patron money. Um, so first of all, I mentioned we recently shifted the podcast to also do video. We'd like to increase the quality of that. So both in-person videos with Bishop Barron and other guests, um, but also improve the video quality of these sorts of episodes where I interview them across the country. Um, second, we want to bring on some production assistants who can 
chop up the, these video episodes and distribute them through social media. So instead of one 30 minute episode each week, there'd be content coming out each day that are taken from this much longer episode. So th that takes time and, and energy and, and help to do. And then finally, we want to help promote and spread this episode and get it in front of people who aren't already listening, especially nuns and atheists and agnostics. I've been pleasantly surprised mm. to get emails from a ton of non-Catholic listeners of the show, including not only Protestants and Eastern Orthodox brothers and sisters, but there's atheists, there's agnostics, there's fallen away Catholics who find the show intriguing. They kind of stumbled across it on Facebook or on iTunes and gave it a listen, and now they're subscribers. We want to get in front of more of those people. But again, to advertise and promote it to them, it costs money. So these are the sorts of things we hope to do. Um, I, I hope we're not being too heavy-handed with the request. But again, if you've enjoyed this show over the past three years, you know, 170 episodes, 85 hours, if any of it's helped you at all, please consider going to wordonfireshow.com slash patron and become a patron. When you do, we've got some cool stuff for you, including uh, free books, free exclusive episodes, the chance to have Q&As with Bishop Barron only for our patrons. Um, we're even going to solicit feedback and suggestions for future mm, episode good. topics. So if you want to be a closer tied uh, supporter of the show, become a patron. Again, the website is wordonfireshow.com slash patron. All right, that sound means it is time for a question from one of our listeners. Bishop, today we have a question from Maggie. She's wondering how to talk to people who left the church because they think the church is anti-biblical in some way. So here's Maggie's question. Hello, Bishop Barron. I just wanted to say thank you so much for everything that you do. My question today is regarding people who claim to have left the Catholic faith because of its inconsistencies with what the Bible says. What is the best way to go about learning how to evangelize against this? And what would you recommend as a conversation starter in this area? Thank you. Yeah, good. Thank you for that. And Brandon, something you've talked about, of course, you as a, as a former a Protestant who became a Catholic are aware of this, you know, kind of classic objection. And I think um, you put great stress, and I agree with you, on the fact that uh, in terms of causality, let's face it, the church comes first. The Bible didn't fall from the heaven, but the, the Bible fell, if you want, from the church. It came from decisions made by the church. Which books to include? Which belong to the, the canon of Scripture? Uh, who compiles the Bible as we know it but the church? And so the the bifurcation of Bible church is just a false one, or as though the Bible has this clear primacy over the church. I think you very persuasively argue au contraire, that the, if anything, the church has primacy over the Bible. Now, there's a subtle relationship there. I, I don't want to make that sound aggressive, you know, but I'd say maybe that's a, a teasing point of, of departure to say, well, where'd the Bible come from? And it came from uh, the the preaching of the original uh, followers of Jesus. So before the Bible was written, let's say the New Testament was written down, you've got, you know, decades of preaching. Well, the preaching took place within the church, if you want to say under the aegis of the church. It was what formed the church, etc. And then in time, 
the church, meaning its leadership and so on, sifting through this great preaching and sifting through the various texts that were available eventually said, this is the canon of the New Testament. A key player to look at there is St. Irenaeus, because by the second century, like the mid to late second century, someone like Irenaeus is one of the first ones to be naming there's the canon of the New Testament that we recognize to this day. So um, it's a false dichotomy, and Catholics don't hold to a, a sola scriptura approach. So we, we balk at that, and that's a major reason why, because the church has a kind of primacy even over scripture in that sense. So maybe I'd start there and do it, of course, in a friendly, inviting way, but maybe start there as a, as a, a you know, as an argument. The reason I like that strategy is because it doesn't get you bogged down in yeah. the individual doctrine. Where's purgatory like, where is in, the Bible, in the Bible? And, and you can indeed right, read someone right. like Brand Petrie. You can indeed find a lot of scriptural warrant for the you know more controversial teachings because there's been a renaissance in Catholic Bible scholarship the last even like 40 years. So look, there are indeed, but I think you're right. Probably that meta question is a more fundamental one. All right. Well, listen, thanks so much again for listening to this show. Thanks for listening to the last 170 episodes of the Word on Fire show. We, we are so thankful for you guys for supporting, sharing, listening, downloading these episodes over the last few years. Again, if you want to join us and become a patron, just visit wordonfireshow.com slash patron or go to patreon.com and search for Bishop Barron and you'll find it there. We'd love to have you join us as patrons. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next week on the Word on Fire show.